0: Hey, welcome to the sermon audio from Lawson Heights Alliance Church. It is May 22, 2022, and this Sunday, our very own Pastor Tyler Rohde is going to be bringing you God's Word. May God bless you as you listen. Well, we do have a lot to look forward to when it comes to what God is doing in, in our lives and, and in, in the lives of our friends and families and neighbors, and and because God is so good. And for us, many times, we're reminded of that uh, in a variety of ways, when we could spend time with our friends and our families and our neighbors, uh, when we look at just look at what God has provided. I know for myself, uh, I really look forward to springtime and summertime uh, as we are here, May long weekend, in the middle of what some would say is the unofficial start to summer. Some would even say the official start to summer. The riders are practicing, we got play- hockey on, of course, that means it's spring right, and lakes are open and people can go. I know some families are camping even though it's a little chillier than I would like if I was out camping. But today, being the unofficial start of summer, I'm, I'm curious to, if, if many of you have made your summer plans already. you got your vacation time booked, many places you have to book that in advance with your work. Just the other day, we went and we tried. I was just looking to see when maybe we could get some, uh, some camping sites booked. Uh, nope, they're all full uh, at the campgrounds we were looking at, so we'll have to figure something out. There's lots of lakes and and wonderful things to do in Saskatchewan. Maybe even some of you are watching online or uh, listening to the podcast and you're at the lake right now enjoying enjoying the weather, and that's wonderful. Glad you could join us, whether you're in person or online. But for me, I find that sometimes I can be a little too optimistic. Has anybody been ever, um, anybody said of you that you're too optimistic? I've been told that more than once. Uh, and so I'm, I'm thinking there, there are times that might be true. And I, I don't see how that could be a bad thing. But there are times, though, where being a little too optimistic can get me into trouble. Of course, with the weather, I think I can do this and realize I can't. But I remember, I remember a few years ago, uh, I was doing a reference form for someone, and they were going go, uh, to go do some volunteer work. And so I found a whole bunch of nice things to say about this person, put it in a letter, and gave it to our board uh, to, to sign off on and so that this guy could go and volunteer at the camp. Then one of the board members, in a super polite way, came up to me and said, you know what, actually, I can't sign off on this. I don't think I've with anything you just said. And I started to think through it, and I'm like, oh, wait. I'm not sure I agree with what, what I just said. <laughs> I was a little too optimistic. I was excited that he was going to go volunteer. And so we had, to, we had to change things a little bit, and then, and then it, was, it was better. Still somebody that we wanted to uh, encourage to volunteer, but we wanted to be sure that we're speaking the truth, right? There's, there's times, though, where, where, you know, here in Saskatchewan, we don't usually have too much rain, but the weather fluctuates. We know that. Today it'll be this temperature, tomorrow it'll be different. Uh, And so, you know, when it's raining, I know in my head, I just tell myself, I'm hoping the farmers can enjoy it, right? And when it's really hot, that's my favorite, so that's easy to be optimistic. I love sitting outside when it's plus 30 with my coffee, enjoying a good book. That is wonderful. When it's minus 40, I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, you know, like, at least that means there's probably snow on the ground, and eventually I'll get to go snowboarding or something like that, right? Or, Or it helps the ice to freeze so that we can go ice fishing, there's all kinds of things that I, I like to be optimistic when it comes to the weather. I'm even optimistic, uh, believe it or not, when it comes to my sports teams. Uh, with the riders, you know, they're doing well so far. Two days at training camp. Got to see them yesterday for free. I was really looking forward to that. Watch them training. Um, my Oilers are doing fairly well and excited for them. I'm quite optimistic. I'm not going to give you my predictions, but uh, let's just say I'm a little maybe too optimistic. But I'm optimistic at their chances. There are times, though, when, when there is no bright side to things. The reality is, life isn't always sunshine and rainbows and winds. People can get in serious uh, accidents on the roads during blizzards. Gas prices are currently soaring because of war, and it can rain too much. Uh, almost 11 years ago, we were in Manitoba, where we used to live, and Yari was uh, in the womb. Our oldest son, he was going to be born, and. It, there was some massive flooding help happening in, in southern Manitoba where we lived, which was actually not that far away from the hospital. And so if the, the, the main road to get the hospital, the one that we wanted to go on, was actually flooded, it uh, ends up taking us a lot longer. Now, I don't mind road trips, but my wife preferred the shorter trip. And so we were a little nervous. Would the roads be open? They actually had, I don't know if you guys have seen this before, but the super sandbags, they had a wall of four-foot-high sandbags. I think it was four high and four wide incredible, just holding back a river. It was crazy. But thankfully, we got uh, to the hospital in time, and uh, our son was born a long time ago, and we're very thankful for that. But that was too much rain, that's for sure. (laughs) Something interesting happened to me a little while ago. Uh, I don't know if I want to admit it, but uh, I I was visiting with with someone and uh, having a really good visit. We were enjoying our time, and uh, they were here for the weekend to to visit family who was in the hospital, And on the way out the door, um, Saturday morning, a gentleman's leaving, they say, all right, have fun. And my wife, as soon as he shut the door, my wife gave me a polite smack and said, do you realize he's going to see his wife who just had a stroke? That probably wasn't the time to be so optimistic and and have fun, right? She was doing well, but maybe I should have toned down my optimism, my enthusiasm, just a little bit. I kind of covered it up by saying, well, he's going to Walmart first. Maybe, maybe he'll think that I was just saying, have fun at Walmart. But we all know I was, that's just, there's those things we say, right? Like, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's all good. Those common things, right? And for me, for me that's one of them. But that can, can get us into a little bit of trouble. Hopefully the most, not more than what I've been in and described here, but being a little too optimistic uh, can, can get us into a little bit of trouble. As we look today to the book of Ezekiel, we're going to see um, some prophecies Ezekiel had that are in a similar fashion. Uh, those were, I'm not sure if they're being too optimistic or they were actually focusing on their own agendas and their own fears, but we're going to look to Ezekiel chapter 13 and, uh, and see what Ezekiel's prophecy is here uh, for, for the people and, and even for us, how we can apply it to our lives. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, you can turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 13, uh, the there are Bibles in the pews available, and if you're at home online, you can always go to Bible Gateway. They have the Bible there. You can get it on your computer. That's always good to follow along. But Ezekiel chapter 13 is where we're turning to today. In Ezekiel chapter 13, uh, we're going to find three truths that can guide us, but also four one warnings to keep us from stumbling. And so we're going to read, starting with verses 1 to 7. And the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel, who are now prophesying. Say to those who prophesy out of their own imagination, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Your prophets, Israel, are like jackals among the ruins. You have not gone up to the to the breaches in the wall to repair it for the people of Israel, so that it will stand firm in the battle on the day of the Lord. Their visions are false, and their divinations a lie. Even though the Lord has not sent them, they say, the Lord declares, and expect Him to fulfill their words. Have you not seen false visions and uttered lying divinations when you say, the Lord declares, though I have not spoken? The Lord has some pretty strong words here for Ezekiel to to take as a message. The Lord calls Ezekiel son of man and actually never uses his personal name, which is kind of interesting. The phrase here is an an ordinary phrase for human when he says son of man. It's God's way of dressing Ezekiel in a very general way. Jesus, later in the New Testament, would be called the son of man. The phrase is used differently referring to Jesus, though, because Jesus is the son of man kind of encompassing and highlighting his humanity while acknowledging as well his divinity. It's different here than it's used in Ezekiel. Ezekiel, God is just referring to him as human. <laughs> We're puny human, mere mortal, right? It's not a very personal uh, address, but just a general one. God instructs Ezekiel to prophesy against the prophets, which is basically like saying, Ezekiel, I want you to teach the teachers. You are responsible now for teaching the teachers, which is a pretty tall order. The phrase also has a bit of a redundant and sarcastic tone to it. The prophets Ezekiel was addressing were claiming to speak for God, but they hadn't seen or heard anything. The first thing I want to notice, though, in this passage is that we can hear the Lord. We can hear the word of the Lord, right? The, The false prophets, they hadn't heard anything. They're making things up. They're doing things out of their own selfish ambition. Maybe they're a little too optimistic. Maybe they're a little too proud. We don't really know their motivations, but they're making things up, right? And so Ezekiel actually heard from the Lord. And the truth is we can hear from the Lord too. There's a variety of ways that we can hear from the Lord, but that's important to notice. Ezekiel here is addressing these foolish prophets. And these foolish prophets, they were a special kind of fool. They weren't just your average ordinary fool, They missed what God was saying entirely. This kind of foolish was sometimes described as even being arrogant or crude, lacking spiritual and moral understanding. They hadn't heard from God or received divine insight. They were teaching based on their own judgments and wisdom, which was fueled by their own selfish motives. We can hear the word of the Lord. We can hear what God is up to. We can hear what God is saying as we read his word, as we spend time in worship as we pray, and as we fast. Personally, I find myself most in tune with the Lord in the morning after I've spent some time reading my Bible, had my morning cups of coffee, or in the evening when I'm listening to worship music, also with a cup of coffee, sometimes decaf. But what a joy it is to be able to sit and read the word, listen to music, and fix my eyes on Jesus. And it's amazing how God leads us and guides us in the midst of that. Right. Sometimes we want specific direction for a specific task, and sometimes we don't hear uh, that specifically. But God continues to show us uh, how we can live all throughout the Scriptures and all throughout our lives. The false prophets—they were making up a message from God, but you and I can actually hear the Word of the Lord. I, I know for me, it hasn't always been easy uh, to understand God's Word to read the Bible. And, and just knowing what, how I should live, God transformed me. And the fact that I, I have been transformed, is as I look throughout my own life, is, is when it comes to reading the Word. That is evidence of the Spirit at work in my life, when it comes to reading the Word of God. When I was, in, uh, when I was 17, 18, I did not read uh, pretty much at all. It wasn't natural for me to enjoy reading. In fact, I'll be honest, when I had to do a book report, I remember in high school, I watched the movie and did the book report, and apparently the two weren't the same, Um, but I may have complained a lot to the teacher and still got an okay mark. I don't know how I did that, but I missed the point, right? I didn't spend time reading. I I didn't like to read, and I I fumbled my way through things. Of course, I knew how to read, and I could read, and I I just didn't want to. (laughs) Maybe I was a little... uh, proud, or arrogant. Um, But that's a a sign of God at work in my own life. So I remember uh, the summers after high school, spending some time reading some cool fiction Christian books, uh, reading my Bible at work uh, on road trips. And given time and the work of God in my life, I learned to love and cherish the Word of God. It does take, though, time and effort, just like a relationship. It takes time and effort when we put it into it. The the false prophets, like I mentioned, were making up their message from God. You and I can hear the word of the Lord. Just make sure you're listening. I remember when I was heading off to college, uh, heading to Bible college, and probably some of my favorite words of advice that I got from a youth leader at one point uh, at our Bible study was, Tyler, you have this great plan. If God tells you otherwise, just make sure you're listening. And I know that's a good reminder for myself, that I just need to pause and listen to what God's saying, still today, and so, in the midst of this, as we look at the false prophets and Ezekiel's warning, I have for us here a first warning for us today, and, and be careful who you follow. Personally, I think Christian books are essential. I think it's great to listen to podcasts, especially our podcasts, if you happen to miss one, right? But all Christians need to be careful who you're listening to and what you're reading. Christian books can be helpful, but one must ensure that the author is handling the word with truth and integrity. I know I find myself really encouraged when I read a, a Christian book by a, a pastor and in the middle of the book, I just want to put down the book and, and study the scriptures more. I think that's a good thing and we need to do that, right? But if, if who we're reading, who we're studying, who we're listening to is always pointing us to the word, always pointing us to Jesus, that's a, that's a good thing. That's what we should be aiming towards. If not, we're just trusting in, in, in people and man. They can be helpful, Christian books and, and, all, and uh, other leaders. In the midst of all that, we can trust the Word and the Holy Spirit as we discern what's good for us and what's not, uh, so that we can be empowered to follow God. Because the truth is, God continues to speak through His Word and His Holy Spirit, as well as through other people. So watching, reading, and listening to Christian authors and pastors is good, but God's Word is actually perfect. So be careful who you follow. As we sang earlier in Joshua twenty four fifteen, uh, we read, "Choose this day whom you will serve, whether gods your fathers served beyond the, the, in the region beyond the river, or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as me and my house, we will serve the Lord." Joshua is proclaiming that there are other gods out there, but we, we have tested and we have seen and we know that we will choose to follow the one and only, the I am. We will serve. The Lord. And as we serve and hear the Lord, we turn our eyes to Jesus, right? God's Son. In John 14 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is that that is more than just a guide or, or a or a person who points us to, to the cross or to, to God. Through, through Jesus, his, his life, his death, resurrection, we can actually know God. We can know uh, who God is and what he's done for us. And so looking back to the passage in verse 4, um, the Lord describes the prophets as foxes or jackals. Foxes and jackals are animals. Those are fitting descriptions for the conduct of these false Prophets. They were, they, were, they were scavengers, people, people who were trying to just find what they could and, and do what they could to just get ahead. As we flip ahead to the New Testament in Matthew 8:20, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of Jesus, who is the opposite. Jesus says, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. These two passages aren't necessarily connected. (laughs) But we get this picture here, don't we, of of false prophets who are are jackals, (laughs) who are foxes, who are out for their own good, they're scavengers, and the opposite of we find in Jesus, who isn't like a fox, who has a place to hide or burrow in or or has to steal and, and scavenge for his stuff. We have Jesus who is the humble servant who came to love us and care for us, and through him we have forgiveness and salvation. As we continue on, we're going to look at uh, verses 8 to 11 here. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because of your false words and lying visions, I am against you, declares the sovereign Lord. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter lying divinations. They will not belong to the council of my people or be listed in the records of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord." Because they lead my people astray, saying, Peace when there is no peace. And because when a flimsy wall is built, they cover it with whitewash. Therefore, I tell you, therefore, pardon me, therefore, tell those who cover it with whitewash that it's going to fall. Rain will come in torrents, and I will send hailstones hurling down, and violent winds will burst forth. The false prophets were enemies of God because they didn't communicate the word of the Lord like they were supposed to. They lied. They said it's all good when it wasn't. In our culture, when somebody asks you how your rentals are going, whether they're going good or bad, sometimes the natural thing to say is, "Ah, everything's going all right. It's all good, right? It's going good. Now, that's just a bit of a cultural saying that we have. We just, say, we just say that, right? It might actually be super challenging, and we, maybe we cover it up. There are some people who are super honest, and they may be a little too honest, and it's never going good, right? But the common thing is, how's it going? Good, right? We probably heard that a few times in our foyer this morning as we're visiting with one another. And that's not a bad thing, right? That's part of our, that's a bit of our culture, and that's okay. But when it comes down to it, there are things that aren't going good that we need to fine tune in our lives, there's sin in our lives, and we need to turn away from it and turn towards Jesus. There were a lot of excuses and reasons of why these false prophets were doing what they were doing, and I don't think just the cultural norm was the, was the case. They were out for their own good. They were telling the people, it's all good, when actually the people they were leading needed to repent. And so warning number two uh, for us here this morning is we need to keep our lives free of fake news we could spend a lot of time on this, couldn't we? <laughs> right? We see all kinds of things around us that are fake. Chances are you've read something on Facebook and believed it without even realizing it was correct. It might even been, might have even been super important, right? And you believed it without really checking it through and, and understanding what's going on. It's hard when there's so much news out there. On a, on a lighter side, I remember a few years ago, I was on Facebook and uh, I was looking through the pictures, and somebody had posted a picture of um, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, right? A few people remember that movie. Uh, and they had said, this today is the day. It's Back to the Future Day. Today is the day that they traveled to in the future. And I was like, whoa, that is awesome. So I shared it so everybody would know that today's Back to the Future Day, right? We have May the 4th. We have all these kind of fun days that we like to celebrate just for fun, um, but now we have back to the future day. This is the day. Then right after I shared it, somebody commented, uh, that's actually just a generated picture. It's fake. Oh, well, that kind of was lame. So I delete it and, and I, I fell for it. The truth is that movie exists, but that wasn't the truth. There's all kinds of silly little things that can, that can get in our way that are, that are little examples of fake news. And there's some more serious ones that we need to be aware of. We need to keep our lives free of. Especially when it comes to walking with God. Somebody would say, that, that thing you think is sin, it's actually not really that bad. Yeah, it's probably a sin, but you don't need to worry about it. Oh, I don't think we should be listening to that advice. We need to look to the scriptures and what does it say and how we should live and honor God with our whole lives. If there's sin, we need to take care of it. That's one of the big things that uh, the false prophets weren't doing. And so here the people were exiled because of their idolatry and they needed to repent and they weren't getting the message from those, those leaders and, that were with them. These prophets had no real concern for the people and, or God and were trying to hide themselves and keep themselves safe instead of telling people what they need to hear. Today we can turn to the scriptures and see, uh, see, see the truth. In 2 Timothy 3.16, we're reminded that we can turn the scriptures because all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And in Micah 6.8, one, one of my favorite verses, maybe you might remember a song we used to sing. In Micah 6.8, it says, He has told you, O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And in Psalm 119, verse 11, we read, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So as we're filtering through, like, where do we go? What do we do? I love these three verses here to just guide us. Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Stick to the word of God, the scriptures, the Bible. Bible, we often call it the scriptures. It's the word of God. For us. As we store those things up, it'll guide us in how we can live, how we can honor Him, and how we can keep our lives from sin. The scriptures are the divinely inspired words from God, the sole rule of faith for our Christian practice. And so, I think as, as we're kind of on the edge of spring and, and kind of at the beginning of summer, I think right now is the best time for us to take a little moment even and say, what kind of news, what kind of, how, what are we filling our life with? I know for me, when it comes to the scriptures, we're often encouraged to, uh, to spend time early in the morning to read the Bible, or throughout your day or in the evening, and I think all those are good. Myself, I'm not naturally a morning person, I'm more of a night person. Uh, I'd rather have a regular cup of coffee at 9 o'clock sometimes and read the Word uh, than to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning uh, to read. So the one thing that's interesting, though, is come summertime, it's easier to do both almost, right? The sun is out, the sun is shining, and it, it can be a whole lot easier to wake up in the morning to read the Word. Regardless of what time it is, it's a lot sunnier, a lot earlier in Saskatchewan, isn't it? And even later at night, uh, as, as the sun's out and as we get closer to, you know, that end of June, the sun's out to like 11 o'clock at night. What a wonderful thing it is to be able to sit in the sun with the Word. And so I think now as we anticipate summer holidays, summer vacation, now is the best time to be thinking, how am I reading the Word? When am I reading the Word? And, and what am I doing with it? So maybe you want to, even today, choose to pick up your Bible and say, you know what, I'm going to start in John and just read through the Gospel of John, a chapter a day. Maybe you want to, when you go home, you want to open up your Bible app and find a, um, a Bible reading plan. Now is a great time, especially in spring and summer, to spend some time in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, any time in the Word. As we turn to the Scriptures, we see the second point here for today because the truth is we can, we can have peace with God, and it comes through Jesus. In this passage, they were saying, oh, everything's good, it's all good, and, but they were basically, essentially, just covering up the holes in the walls with paint, with whitewash, or with plaster. Now, <clears throat> we're very thankful for all those that were able to come and patch some of the holes here in the walls of the church as we had our, our men's work be a couple of weeks ago. Still, we got some last-minute sanding and painting to do with that. But when we were protecting the outside of our walls, especially in Saskatchewan, if you had a retaining wall or the outside of your building, you don't use white paint to protect the outside of your building. When the rain comes, it's going to go down. It's not going to be good for anything. So they were saying, peace, 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 but they were just covering up things with paint. The truth is we can have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Paint doesn't cover over our sin, only Jesus, only the cleansing power of Jesus. Today, you and I, we can have peace with God through Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection. A penalty needed to be paid for for all the sin that we've done. We've we've, we've been talking about this before over the years, and, and we know that our world is broken, there's lots of sin in our own lives and the lives of people around us. Something need to be, a penalty needed to be paid. So God sent his son down, Jesus, so that through his perfect sacrifice on the cross, we could be forgiven, transformed, and made new. In 2 Peter, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. That means we die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we are healed. Jesus paid the penalty for our sins on the cross so we can be forgiven, transformed, and made new. Life is tough, but we can have peace with God. And Ephesians 2.8 reminds us, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing, it's a gift of God. These false prophets should have warned them to repent, but they misled the people. They were exiled, they were, they were, they were captive, they were kicked out because of their idolatry, because they didn't repent. And so what they should have had as a warning is, is our third warning for us today. That we might need to repent, even today. We can't cover our sin with whitewash or plaster or toothpaste or whatever you patch a hole with. But we can be cleansed by the power of Jesus. So maybe even today, as, you're, as, you're, as we're sitting here and as we pray, there's, God has been working on your heart and maybe there's some sin you need to deal with and ask for his forgiveness on. Our sins, all of our sins that we've committed are forgiven through Jesus Christ. <laughs> a few years ago, I bought a closet, uh, closet door from the ReStore. And they wrote the price tag on it, of course, in Sharpie, right in the inside of the door. You know how a bifold door works, right? So right in the crack there, they wrote the price. Not a big deal, right? Because when the door is closed, you don't see it. And you've got to paint them anyway, right? So I take it home, I paint the door, I go put it up, and I noticed after the paint had dried... Oh, that that Sharpie didn't go away. Okay, so I put another quote in just on the inside there to, to cover over the Sharpie. Oh, but the Sharpie didn't go away. Okay, so I, I tried a third quote. The Sharpie didn't go away. Well, paint can't cover over Sharpie very well. I don't know if your kids, <laughs> I hope not, but if your kids have ever colored on the wall, uh, you try to get it off and then you try to paint it and the paint doesn't cover it. Paint, unfortunately, doesn't cover over Sharpie very good, so kids don't cover, put Sharpies on anything, ever. Not even paper Paint doesn't cover over our sins either. But Jesus does. His, his sacrifice on the cross actually paid the penalty for our sins. Jesus is way better than white paint. And the reality is, though, uh, as, as it, was, it was hinted here, too, uh, that storms will come. So that's our fourth warning, is that storms will come. Let's read about that in verses 12 and following. When the wall collapses, will people not ask you, where is the whitewash you covered it with? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. In my wrath, I will unleash a violent wind, and in my anger, hailstones and torrents of rain will fall with destructive fury. I will tear down the wall you have covered with whitewash, and I will level it to the ground so that its foundation will be laid bare. When it falls, you will be destroyed in it, and you will know that I am the Lord. That's important there, right? And you will know that I'm the Lord. So I'll pour out my wrath against the wall and against those who covered it with whitewash. I'll say to you, the wall is gone and so are those who washed it, whitewashed it. Those prophets of Israel who prophesied to Jerusalem and saw visions of peace for her when there was no peace, declares the sovereign Lord. And so here, we have something that's, it's hard to be optimistic about, Right? God is warning them and saying, you know what? Because of what you've done, storm, a storm's coming. Now, I don't know what's going on in your life, and, and we know that there's lots of, lots of tough stuff going on around the world. Maybe you're in the midst of a storm. <clears throat> Everything isn't always sunshine and rainbows all the time, right? Maybe you're in the midst of the storm. When we look at the world events, we can see that there's storms all around the world. There's, there's tough stuff going on. But the third thing we discover is we can endure storms through Jesus. If these prophets, if the people would have turned to the Lord in the first place, they could have avoided a whole lot of trouble. I know for myself, there's been times where if I would have just asked for directions, I probably would have got myself out of a whole lot of trouble, a lot of extra detours. Life is tough, but we can endure storms through Jesus. In Luke 8, Jesus literally calms the storm for the disciples in the boat. And they were amazed, who is this guy? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Only God can do that. It was a glimpse that he is God. He has given us his Holy Spirit to empower us to endure storms and even have victory. There's a song I like to sing. We're going to sing it a little bit. It's called Every Giant Will Fall. And uh, when you look at the music video from the group on YouTube, their, uh, their drummer, uh, Gareth, he gives a little introduction in his good Irish accent. He says, all of us have giants in our lives and those mountains that seem immovable. But we have learned that worship is our battle cry in the midst of the fight. That at the name, that the name of Jesus is our anthem and there's no greater, higher, or stronger name than that. For at his name, every giant will fall. Sometimes we'd like everything to work out for our own good, when we, especially when we pray, right? Please bless this. I'm going to do this today. Please bless it, Lord. The truth is, sometimes things don't work out for our good. But everything works out for God's good. Everything works out for the good of the Father. Everything God has done and will do reminds us that He is the Lord. And so sometimes it's tough. But it's always good, because He is good. He is the Lord. He is the one who reigns on high. He is righteous. He is just. He is love. And so even for when things do work out for his good, they might be a little challenging for us. But they will help us to know and understand that he is good. God made it clear as to why he was against these prophets in verse 9 and throughout when he says, and you will know that I am the Lord. And I think if the more and more we choose each day to follow Jesus and to know that he is the Lord, we can avoid a whole lot of trouble in our lives. Now that's a whole lot easier said than done, isn't it? Walking with God is not easy. There are challenges that come our way. But we can have hope and know that Jesus is Lord. Our big idea for us here this morning is that we can know that God is sovereign Lord. And we can set our minds up things of God rather than things of man. We can saturate our lives with Jesus. As I research and study what, what helps us build strong families and and, and strong lives, committed to God rather than man. I myself have discovered things, maybe you've heard me mention this before, I, call, I like to call the essential six. Six things that I've highlighted that I want to be in my life and part of our family that help us to fix our eyes on Jesus. I'm sure there's tons, but I've, I've discovered through some research six things, six that are, that are common in many, many families where, where faith is passed from generation to generation to generation. I don't know that I have them up on the slide for you here today, but we'll we'll be talking about them today and, and next time I get to speak and looking forward to that. There's also a brochure on the kids' own table for, for parents and anyone who's curious of, of what those are. Prayer, Christian music, the Bible, Christian books and media, Christian community, and Christian environments. Christian environments being places like Bible camp or or missions trips or or and worship services. When we have those six things as part of the foundation of our family, there's no guarantees of what's going to happen today, tomorrow, and what what comes next. The one guarantee we do have, though, is that God is a sovereign Lord, and we can set our minds on things above. One of the reasons I find optimism personally in so many situations is because I know how naturally sinful I was, and I know I'm forgiven by God's grace. When we focus on what's unessential, when we focus on the Lord, and set our minds on things of God, we lay a strong foundation for our faith and for the lives of our families and our friends. Wren Collective, in their song, As For Me, says, when the foundation is firm, the storms don't matter. When the foundation is firm, the storms don't matter. I, part of me disagrees with that a little bit because <laughs> storms do matter, right? It's tough stuff hurts. But when our foundation's in Christ, the storms don't matter. Jesus is the rock, and faith in God is the only foundation that will endure. It's endured hundreds and thousands of years. And he will endure even the greatest storms with us. And so, one of the things I want you to think about today is have you yourself made the choice to follow Jesus? Have you placed your faith in Jesus and turned away from your sin? If you haven't, today can be that day where we say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me, I believe in Jesus, that through his life, death, and resurrection, we can be forgiven. If that's what you want to do today, I encourage you as we, as we continue our morning, as we finish our morning, to pray. Ask God forgiveness and place, and declare your belief in him as you pray. And let others know, so that we can all continue to celebrate and share the good news, that Jesus Christ changes lives forever. Let's pray as the worship team comes up. Father, we are so thankful for this day. In the midst of life challenges and storms, we have hope, knowing that we can be forgiven. So I pray that you would forgive us from our sin and transform us to be more like Jesus. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And through his life and death and resurrection, we can be transformed and made new. And so I pray that you would empower each of us to live out these truths, to dive into your word, and to live lives transformed by your gospel so that we can share this joy that we have with others, and as we think of the opportunities we have to, to spend time with our friends, whether it's watching a hockey game going fishing, um, eating, eating together, or going to the lake, whatever we do, I pray that you would empower us to, to share this good news with others, so we wouldn't be like those false prophets who shared, who, uh, who shared out of their own hearts. but I I pray that you would empower us to celebrate and share this good news of Jesus Christ with others as we ourselves place our faith in you. Thank you so much for your love and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.